All right. Hey, welcome to church. Whether you're online with us right here in Gulfport or if you're in Long Beach with us right now, we've got a few different audiences with us today. So welcome to church. Uh, wherever you are. Uh, I was just texting with some friends that are in Long Beach right now because the truth is, this is the first time I've ever streamed to another location. So I'm trying to figure out how to do all these things. So I was like, hey, is anybody at church today in Long Beach? And uh, so uh, I want to tell you this, in Long Beach right now, um, whether you're watching on screens in the auditorium, or I know that right now we've got every chair out right now, all the extra chairs are out, and some people are sitting in the lobbies right now watching on screens. Uh, we're excited that you are part of Northwood today, that you're here with us, and uh, I'm excited. Like I said, my name is Micah. I'm the pastor of our Long Beach location of Northwood Church, and uh, you know, I love what we're doing here, Summer at NC, where we've got all different communicators uh, from different locations, different pastors, different teachers, gifted communicators. It's really, it's amazing what God has put uh, in our local church. Um, but this is the way I feel when it comes to these types of things, because last week I had the privilege of going to our Ocean Springs location, which was awesome. You guys, so, so cool what's going on in Ocean Springs. Uh, and then today, obviously, I'm here. If you didn't know that, then I don't know what you're doing, to be quite honest with you. But how it feels is, you know, like when you go on vacation and you're past the point of, okay, vacation's been awesome, we're about to come home, and you start to like desire to be back in your own bed? You guys know what I'm talking? No? Okay, cool. Disregard this whole comment. Do you know what I'm, but it's kind of like, man, you start to kind of miss uh, your living room and those types of things. Uh, I'm looking forward to being back uh, in the rotation of being in Long Beach again, but I think it is so special what's going on here today and excited to really communicate, uh, I believe, a word that God's given me for you, really for all of our locations. Um, so I am the pastor at our Long Beach location, but also I'm the pastor that oversees our student ministry of Northwood Church. And I wanted to share something with you going on this summer that you've probably already heard about, but I think it's important to talk about it again and give you a little bit of heart behind what we're doing here. This summer, we've got a Northwood Student Intensive July 13th through the 15th. It's like Northwood Student Intensive slash Squad Wars. Um, here's the big part about Squad Wars is imagine church, community, competition, like just all those words put into three days is what the student intensive slash squad wars is going to be. We're a generational church. That's one of our core values. We believe in every generation, the youngest to the oldest inside of this church. And I think it's awesome that we have all generations represented. But this three days is an investment into students. This is at no cost to you as a family. We're gonna feed them, they're gonna have a great time. We're gonna share the heart of the kingdom of God as well as the heart of our local church. So I would encourage you to prioritize July 13th through the 15th. We believe in students and we're asking you to be part of this. You can sign up at northwood.church slash students. That's the Northwood Church Student Intensive slash Squad Wars. It's gonna be a good time. I'm gonna dive into the message today. Um, this is one of those messages that in all honesty, I felt like was a message for a first Wednesday and I have shared part of this uh, with our Long Beach location um, on a first Wednesday. And as a communicator, it's pretty unique what takes place is sometimes you're sharing something and it's like, this needs to be heard at a different level. And this is one of those that I was believing God was saying, hey, 
we need to go on and share this on a Sunday morning with the rest of the church. It's been many times that I've got notes that just sit in my phone and it's messages that I never preach. And this is one that I believe God wants to share with all of you. So if you're cool, we're gonna pray and we're gonna dive into the word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to communicate a message from you to your people. So God, my prayer is this, that this wouldn't be about uh, personality, this wouldn't be about um, humor, this wouldn't be about persuasive speech or anything like that. God, my prayer is, is really simple, that, that you would speak directly to your people, that our hearts would be open, that we would fall in love with Jesus, that we would know God, that we would grow in Christ, and we would go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, today's message is going to be about limits. Limits. I don't know what type of feelings uh, you feel when you hear the word limits or when someone says, hey, these are the limits that I'm applying to your life or these are the limits that are on your life. Um, if you're anything like me, I don't like limits. Limits are no fun. Limits are, they're, they're restrictive, they're constrictive. I feel like I'm in a straitjacket when someone says the word limits. Um, speed limits frustrate me. Um, I believe speed limits are suggestions. Unless there's a police officer in here with us and then this is one joke, okay, just so you know. But, but limits, I'm like, come on. Speed is the key word in speed limits. Limits. From a very early age, we as parents teach or tell or bought into the philosophy, I believe, of the world that says, tell your kids they can be anything that they want to be. They can do anything that they want to do. They can go anywhere that they want to go. They can have anything that they ever desired, dreamed of, or could have imagined. And I don't believe that that is true. How many of you remember the show American Idol in its early days? The ones that laughed know what I'm talking about. It's gotten much safer, much nicer. American Idol in its early days would intentionally put just horrific singers on the stage because they had been told every time that they interview these people, they're like, yeah, my friends told me I can sing. My mama told me I can sing. And then you hear this sound come out of there. It's not, uh, it's not a voice. It's a screech. Anybody remember teachers with nails on chalkboards? They can sing because they've been told to sing. It's this odd frustration the people experience of a limitless life. And what I'm learning is that kids without limits or without the limit mindset become adults without limits. I believe it's deeply disturbing and troubling, especially for Christians. The more I'm studying and the more that I'm just learning, I believe that limits are actually a deeply spiritual issue. They've got spiritual implications attached to them. If we fail to embrace limits in our life, I really believe that we will compromise our ability to love God, to love others, to love ourselves for the long haul. You can do it for a short time, but if we don't embrace the idea, the truth, the reality of limits in our life, then I believe we are on a collision course with destruction. God is the only one without limits. 
It doesn't matter how good you are, how good you think you are, because sometimes those are not the same thing. God is the only one without limits, and I believe that limits in our life actually help us realize that he is God and we are not. He is God and we are not. Some groundwork before we dive into limits, because you're saying, okay, tell me my limits. I got to know this. When it comes to limits, God is always speaking a language of freedom. Always. The enemy, and oftentimes ourselves, sees limits as restrictions, and the enemy targets limits. He goes after them and says, no, that surely can't be any good. But every time there's a limit in place, God gives us a path to freedom within it. Let's go very early in the Bible, Adam and Eve. Limit, limit. This tree that must have been so incredible looking, so incredible looking because the garden is limitless. You can have everything except for this one thing. God put this limit in place so that Adam and Eve could experience true freedom. Imagine the life in the garden, how good, how perfect, how incredible it really was. But this limit that appeared to be restrictive was actually there to help people experience true freedom, a limit. John the Baptist, there's a story in the Bible where he is ministering. John the Baptist, that's not actually what his name was. He was just a baptizer. He baptized people. It's not like an odd last name, name the Baptist. But John the Baptist was baptizing a whole lot of people, and he had a massive following. People were, people were um, following him, his teachings, and everything like that. And there becomes this moment that we'll see in John chapter 3 where John begins to see his own limits. You see, there's this trap when you begin to draw a following is who are these people actually following, especially in ministry? Are they following the leader or are they following the one that we are to be leading them to? And John is at this spot. And in John chapter 3, verse 26 through 27, it says this, they came to John and they said to him, they said, Rabbi, I mean, it's teacher. So some people that are following John, it says, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, it says, to whom you bore witness, the one that you've been talking about, that person that you're talking about, look, he is baptizing people. He's doing what you're supposed to be doing and they're not following you anymore. Like those people that were once following you, they're unsubscribing to you. They're hitting unfollow on social media. You're about to lose your blue verified check mark. John, this is bad news. They're following him, the one that you told them about. And John answered this, and he says, as, as his followers are telling this, he says, a person cannot receive anything. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. Essentially, John the Baptist is saying, I accept that I have limits. I accept that my limits are actually my humanity. And my humanity and my limits in this situation actually might equate to declining popularity in my life. We all have limits. Every single one of us, even the best that don't. 
I think about this family that I know. Have you ever met one of those families that it seems like they actually don't have limits? Like, like they're the ones on social media that's like, holy smokes, they do everything and they do it all really well. You know what I'm talking about? There's this, there's this incredible family, bunch of friends, and like, they are just killing it in life. Like, it seems like they, they can own businesses, they can operate their marriage at a high level, their family is good, everything is good, and like, I'm like, these people don't have limits. And what happens is oftentimes we compare our life or, or, or the things that we feel restrictions in and we compare the way other people live to the different talents, the gifts that they have, the different limits that they have. And I believe the difference between where we live and where we see other people live, that ground that we try to make up in, is where great frustration takes place. It's that difference. You know, I, something happened in my life not too long ago through a book that I was reading, and it kind of set me free. Because some of the guys that I work with, I mean, there's one on the front row, Casey, like, just high capacity, high capacity. He's your pastor here. Like, like he actually, one of the points here in this message came directly from conversations with him and Carrie. And if I try to be him, I'm going to be remarkably frustrated. But when I am me, I'm who God created me to be. I might not be a 10 talent person like him. I, your family might not be a 10 talent family like the people that you believe people are. <laughs> Something happened when I said, in, in humility, but in honesty, I said, you know what? I'm a three to five talent person. And I'm, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I know Long Beach, you're being much sweeter than they are. They're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm a three to five talent person. And when I operate in those three to five talents, I'm good. I'm good, there's freedom. Like I'm living the way that God has created me to live, like that's my wheelhouse. But when I try to operate outside of that is where great frustration takes place. I believe that God has actually given us limits to protect us, to be with us, and to actually bring us to a place of freedom. Two different kinds of limits, I will say this, that they apply to you as an individual, they apply to your family, they apply to you as a church, and I'll be specific to that here in just a minute, but two different kinds of limits that are important to know. There are limits that we need to receive and submit to joyfully as God's invitation to trust him. Like, this is what it is. This is who I am, and I'm going to submit to it. I'm going to receive it, and I'm going to do it joyfully, and I'm going to trust him with this. But then there's also some limits that I believe are in our lives that God wants us to break through by faith so that others and, and ourselves will know God, will grow in Christ, and will go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see that all throughout the Bible. You're going to have six limits so you can begin to start your countdown clock. I know how you are because I'm the same. When he says point one, we time how long that point took. We're like, okay, this one's going to be long. We'll be good today. Six limits that we'll discuss today is this. 
some limits that we all have. The first one is this. We all have limits of personality and temperament. Based on who we are, we have limits based on just the person that we are. If you're an extrovert, you have limits. If you're an introvert, you have limits. If you are a spontaneous and creative person, there's incredible things about that. But if you are a controlled and orderly person, you know that there's some strengths and there's some weaknesses attached to that type of person that you are. It's just limits that we have based on our personality and our temperament. Who you are is a good fit for some things and who you are is a bad fit for some things. You can't be what you just wish you could be. <laughs> if you do a personality test on Micah, which is me, <laughs> it's really hard to do a personality test for someone else. <laughs> if you do a personality test on me, you'll see that I score super high on like this risk taking, like I'm infatuated with risk and stepping out and trying things and like, like going for it. Like I'm a 10 on a scale of one to 10. I also score, like I'm Robin Hood. Like that's who I am. Like, like that's me. I'm also ultra empathetic, not pathetic, empathetic. <laughs> Gulfport's a tough audience, <laughs> like super tough. I'm empathetic, which means that I would fit really well and a social worker, and a pastoral, and a, and a role like where I'm at, I would fit really well on a late night TV talk show host like Jimmy Fallon. So if this doesn't work out, I'm going for your job, Jimmy. But, like, but just on my personality, I probably wouldn't be a great CEO of a large organization. It's funny that oftentimes there's this desire, this drive to be a CEO of a large organization, but the reality is, is that I'm in my sweet spot when I'm here. It's a limit of personality and temperament, and the truth is there are so many resources out there that you can learn about yourself. This is something that Pastor Casey and Carrie have helped me in so much and our staff is that from disc tests to Enneagrams to, to Myers-Briggs, we can learn about ourselves and I believe that we can find out what our limits are, what our limits are not, and we can operate in giftings that God has created us for. Second limit is this, is that all of us have limits of our current season of life. There's limits. And so often the enemy would love to tell us that these limits uh, like the enemy wants us to look back, wants us to look forward, but he never wants us to focus on the present because the present is where God wants us to be. And the current season of life has beautiful things no matter what season of life you are in. I believe the enemy would love to blind us to our current season of life as individuals, as families, as marriages, as a church. Last week in Ocean Springs, I talked, and Ocean Springs is six months old. Six months old. You guys, it is awesome. Like, it's, like I stood in front of these, these people, and I'm thinking, this is amazing. But you know what? This limit of the current season of life that our Ocean Springs location has, uh, yeah, there's some things there. The, everything's the first time. <laughs> 
Like there's no, it's everything is brand new. We're learning at a rapid pace. Like, like it's always every Sunday is someone's first Sunday and it seems or feels sometimes out of what's going on. But I'll tell you this, last week I felt something in Ocean Springs that I do not feel in Long Beach any longer nor at this location. And it's that young, newborn faith We can take the world and I'm not scared to take the world. That energy, that season of life, there's this unique season of church planning. And it's like the first two years, there's something, there's this grace that God gives that says you can run really hard for two years. (laughs) And it's like, like Long Beach is almost seven years old now. You're making me feel old. And we're having to fight for that. Go for it. You've got limits on your current season of life. You're older. You're 40. You gotta continue to stretch. You gotta continue to be flexible. You gotta continue to have that growth mindset. It can't just be show up, sit down, sing some songs and leave. We've got to keep moving the kingdom of God forward here in Gulfport and Long Beach. It's the same thing. There's this temptation to fall asleep, to just rest, to if your neighbor's sleeping in Long Beach right now, pop them. Like this is your cue. We got to stretch. There's limits in every current season of life. How does that apply to you As an individual, well, in Ecclesiastes, it says for everything, there's a season, there's a time, there's a purpose, there's a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. I'm reminded of this young man in the New Testament that Paul addressed many times. His name is Timothy, and he would categorically fall into some of these limits that we've already discussed, some of these limitations that the enemy would try to target based on his season of life and even his personality and his temperament, Timothy was a fearful, a shy, a young man called to lead a large influential church in Ephesus. A difficult church in Ephesus. The current season of life couldn't change for Timothy. Sometimes you have to just live in the season of life with some of the frustrations of the season of life, continue to keep your head up and moving through by the grace of God, with faith in your calling and in your purpose, with faith in who God has created you to be. And I'm telling you this, that the season of life that you are in right now is the good old days. Right now are the good old days. These moments right here, whatever season you're in, these are the moments that you are supposed to be present in. There are limits to the current season of life and the enemy would love to blind you to where you're at now and help you fall in love with tomorrow or be infatuated with the past. Point three, there are limits of marriage or singleness. Limits of marriage or singleness. What do I mean by that? Some of you are like, now he's preaching. <laughs> limits of marriage. You're like, you whisper to your wife, you're my, you're my, you're my limit. <laughs> you're my restriction. That's no good. Don't do that. Don't do that. Think about it though. When you're married, 
The decisions that you make do not singularly affect just you. They don't, they can't, they won't. That means that every decision that I make has an effect directly or indirectly on my family. Add kids to the mix and it just multiplies. You know what I'm talking about. But in your singleness, it's the same way. The decisions that you make while single set a a routine or a pattern for the way that you're going to live as a married individual. I believe oftentimes that a lot of marriages fail because of the restriction or the limit that is in their life or that marriage has brought to them versus the incredible freedom that marriage actually presents. Life, liberty, joy, love. Marriage and singleness are a limit. And you can either approach those things positively, optimistically, full of joy and hope, or you can play into the enemy's hand and say this is a great limitation, a great frustration. Number four, you're like, man, he is moving through these. I'm gonna slow down on the last three. (laughs) Spoiler alert. There's limits in your personal capacities. This is where it starts to get a little bit more personal. A little bit more directed at us. Our personal capacities are emotionally, physically, intellectually. A year and a half ago in November, I came face to face with one of my physical limitations. You see, I'm not old, but I'm not 18 either. I decided we were doing an all-team night, and um, that's a night that we celebrate every volunteer at Northwood Church, and how we do that is our staff, our entire staff sets up the entire night. We spend all day, sometimes two days, setting up this room just to celebrate all of our volunteers at Northwood Church. Well, you kind of get a little bored if you're like me, and you, you want to you spice up setting up nights like this, so going back and forth from this building to the building in the back of the, auditor- of the property here in Gulfport, uh, me and another staff member decided to, to race each other. <laughs> They're laughing, Long Beach. Okay, so, so there's this thing, there's this thing that guys can do where they can speak to each other without saying a word, and it's this competitive look. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, me and Pastor Casey... Looked at, e- <laughs> looked at each other dead in the eyes. We were, we, were, we were coming out of this building, going to the back, and we looked at each other, and I said, you want to race? And he said, do you want to race? <laughs> and it was the look that said, we're about to race. Now, in any situation like this, the key here is don't warm up, don't stretch. It's going to end up really, really well for you. So we take off running. And I'm talking blistering pace. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. The Olympic trials had nothing on what was taking place with with me and Pastor Casey. Um, Just so you know, everyone in this room and everyone, the millions watching online, I torched Pastor Casey. (laughs) Not that bad, but it makes for a better story. Well, well... So when you're running on asphalt, there's a a rhythm and a routine that your legs and feet need to have, but then when you hit wet grass, things change quickly. 
How, how many of you have ever uh, like skipped a stone in a river or a lake and it's like ting, ting, ting. I hit this wet grass and I went pa, 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 pa. And instantly I felt incredible pain, incredible pain right here in this shoulder. I was like, oh, I don't even know if my arm's here any longer. Like, and, and, but my pride said, hop up really quick and say everything is okay. So I did three skips, pop, pop, looked at him. Hey bro, I'm good. You know, that kind of thing. For the next eight weeks, I wore a sling. <laughs> it's like, this is no good what just took place. Physical limitations are easier to understand and comprehend oftentimes than emotional and intellectual capacities. But we all have them. This last year, last 18 months where we've been online and just doing, and we've got lots of people watching online. How many of you were online and you remember seeing this lady that kept showing up for church uh, from Saskatchewan? You guys remember? A lot of you, a lot of you, check this out. Her name is Linda. She felt like a limit that she was experiencing was a disconnect from a church community, was a disconnect from a family. So for 18 months, she regularly attended Northwood Church online. 18 months. She attended a small group online. You know the Zoom calls <laughs> that none of us liked? She was on them all the time from Saskatchewan. A few weeks ago, she packed up her life and moved to Long Beach, Mississippi with her family, with her church. She's in Long Beach right now. She's sitting back there. Give it up for Miss Linda. Come on. Here's the fun thing. She's getting baptized this week. Sometimes there's limitations that you need to break through. And sometimes there's limitations that are keeping you close saying, hey, continue to trust in God. Sometimes, and this is up to you and God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and counsel around you. Are these limitations that I need to break through or trust God in for that one for Miss Linda? She said, this is one that I need to break through. Moses had some personal capacities that he had to work through, a slowness of speech, 80 years old. And the Bible doesn't show us that Moses had these capacities fixed. He stayed 80 years old, but the call of his life was still to lead two to three million people out of Egyptian hostility. And the leadership that God had placed on his life wasn't contingent on the personal limitations that he experienced. It actually caused him to trust more in God than himself. Who else? Elijah, serious depression, serious depression, but used mightily by God. Guys, I don't know what your capacities are, what your limitations might be. Now, this is not an excuse. This is not an excuse not to grow. But understand this, sometimes life is what it is and you have to function within what life is. And sometimes it's a call to break through, to grow into the person that God has created you to be. Sometimes these are things that just show us the reality of what being a human is and our faith and trust in God. Two more points, limits of resources. Limits 
of resources. This is bigger than money. This is much bigger than money. Oftentimes when we hear resources, that's the first thing that enters our mind because we're infatuated with money. But the world that we live in, especially the country that we live in, there is this culture, this this infatuation with continual growth and a continual drive for more when I am learning that sometimes less is much more. Sometimes less is much more. Another story in the Bible about a man named Gideon. Face to face with an enemy and an enemy that wanted to destroy his people to eliminate this leader of a army. The number is about 135,000 Midianites. So what does a normal person do in a situation like this? You recruit a bigger, better, badder army. God said, Gideon, that's not gonna be the case this time. Gideon, you're gonna need to trust me. You're gonna need to trust me, not with 100,000 members of an army, not with 50,000 members of an army, not with 20,000 members of an army, you get 300 men. Gideon leads an army without growing this army from 300. He leads an army to defeat 135,000 Midianites with very limited resources. I believe that it's in the gift of limited resources that oftentimes the greatest creativity is born. Long Beach, let me talk to you right now. Look around your room. You see that we're out of space. Resources for us right now is people. People willing to say, not just this is my church that I attend, but this is the church that I'm gonna give my life to and serve. I mean this in no manipulative tactic right now because I believe that there's a lot very similar right here, but if it's okay with you, we're streaming. (laughs) And I've never done this. So Long Beach, your limitation right now is resources. And it's people saying yes to the mission of Northwood Church. We need people to help know God, help people grow in Christ, help people go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're in one service right now in Long Beach. And it's for two reasons. It's awfully nice to be in one service. (laughs) It's got a great feel. But the resources known as people right now are tired. They're tired, they're serving, they're pouring their lives out. That's one of our limitations. And I believe it's a spot where we can grow. What are your resource limitations? You know, there's this moment, I would encourage you if you've got a significant other to to get creative with gifts. Lay down a challenge or something, like something like give the most creative, thoughtful, perfect $20 gift you can and see what kind of creativity comes out with limited resources. Live on a budget, do something like that. Guys, what I'm telling you, this is limited resources. Don't scare God. 
And I believe many of us in this room, many of us online, many of us in Long Beach have limited the significant and powerful hand of God operating through our lives because of limited resources that we have. The Bible teaches us that if we're a good steward of that which is little, that maybe God will trust us with more. I really believe, and I've seen this to be true in my life, that when I was faithful with what God has placed in my hand, he has always been faithful to trust me with more. Can I be ultra transparent with you guys? My prayer in Long Beach right now for our church is God bring the amount of people that we can healthily pastor. Because this isn't all about booming and growing and having loads and loads of people in here if we can't actually do this thing right. And as a church right here, I'm encouraging you to pray that same prayer. And guess what? That responsibility doesn't lie on your pastor to build the church. That responsibility lies on you to be a resource to build the church. It's not about resources coming in. It's about the fact that we are a resource that God wants to send out resources resources the last one is that we all have limits of time in this life time is limited just this week a member of our church Miss Mildred Stewart passed away incredible woman of God, an incredible woman of God who gave her life for the kingdom of God. There's stories of her praying for people for 25 years, not missing a day. Today, we're actually going to celebrate her life in this room at three o'clock with a service that celebrates her life. But how much does a lady like Miss Mildred know that time is limited and every day that goes by, our time becomes more limited. Can I tell you this? There's so many things that I would love to do. Like, I would love every two or three years to move to a new country and discover the new life that that country presents and eat all the foods until I get tired of that country and then go to another one and start all over. The reality is, is that time is too limited and I cannot. And I can either live in the frustration of the limitation of time, or I can allow that frustration to propel me to prioritize my time well. This is why the psalmist said, teach us, teach us. He's not talking to himself. He's not talking to counsel. He's talking to God Almighty saying, Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And what we have to do is we have to plead and prioritize with the creator of all things to teach us how to prioritize this life well. I have never been so much in awe of the amount of things that we can do and I have a deep fear that Christians will get to heaven 
and say, I did a lot of really good things. I experienced a whole lot of life. I did some really, I've got some incredible, look at my Instagram reel, incredible moments, incredible memories. But we misprioritized some things. So my question to you, to ask to your God, is what in my life will yield the greatest eternal return? Bring that to you, your God. Discuss that with your family. Talk about that with your kids and then prioritize your life around that. Six limitations, and I know that there's so many more. What I know about limitations is this. They force us to turn to something. When we're face to face with a limitation, we either turn to ourselves, we turn to others, and those are not bad in and of themselves. We turn to coping mechanisms. But I believe if we truly want to experience freedom that God has given and made available to us, we should approach the one that has no limitations. And thoughtfully, and full of wisdom, pray that God would reveal to us, is this a limitation that I need to submit to and joyfully surrender to you, knowing that you're God and I'm not, and this is just part of living in a fallen world? Or is this a limitation that you want me to break through in faith so that we can go, that I can know God, that we can grow in Christ, and we can go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we love you. God, in this room, in Long Beach, in the lobbies, online, God, we love you. And God, we're asking you to search us, search every part of our hearts, search our lives. And God, I pray for those in this room that have realized that there are just limitations that are in their life. God, that you would encourage us. God, that we would no longer look in comparison, God, to other people, God, that we will not grow weary in well-doing, God, that we will thankfully submit to you, God, in this world. But God, I'm praying for, for Holy Spirit revelation to lead us, to guide us. God, in those areas where we have fallen asleep in, God, I pray that you would awaken us. God, bring us to life. God, show us those areas to break through. God, physically, God, emotionally, God, that we would be strong. Intellectually, that we would grow. God, God, that these limitations that have been in our personality, God, and in our resources, God, I'm praying as we're faithful with what you've given us, God, God, that if you can trust us with more, then to bring more. But God, my prayer is really the sixth point, that we would be good stewards of this thing called time. God, that you would show us how to prioritize well, how to live well, how to love well. God, that we would be people that at the end of the day said that we gave our best to not things that were just good, but that are God. We love you. We honor you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, how many of you guys enjoyed today? It's a great day. This is the point 
in our service actually that in Long Beach, we're gonna transition this service back to you. I think Victor is going to take the stage and he's gonna transition our service there. Would you give it up for our Long Beach location? Go for it. Today, if you're new here, if, you, if you're saying, okay, what's my next step? How do I grow in my relationship with God? Maybe today God did something in your life where you made a decision today to follow Jesus or even online. You, you remember the Saskatchewan lady. You're like, what? She's here. Maybe God's doing some things in your life saying, take another step. I'm gonna ask you to do this before you leave. Take that card that's in the seat pocket right in front of you. It's called a next steps card. We want to connect with you. If you're online, go to northwood.church slash next steps. Take that card out and fill it out. It's very basic information. And at the end of the service, go to the rear of the auditorium or finish online and turn that card in. What we want to do is we want to help you take your next steps in your relationship with God, answer any questions you have about the church, but really help you continue to grow in who God has created and crafted you to be. And then also, as our service comes to a conclusion today, what we're going to do here in just a minute is we're going to worship for just another moment together. But as our service concludes, there's two significant things that are taking place. We're gonna have a team of people in the front of this room that are here to pray for you. Maybe you came face to face with some things today and you wanna talk to someone and pray with someone about it. Be sure to find somebody up here before you leave. And then also when we dismiss and end the service, we are going to have some water baptisms taking place right here in the front of this room. It's gonna be amazing. So I'm asking you to hang out and to celebrate people making decisions to follow Jesus and taking their next step of saying they're going public with this thing. Would you guys go on and stand to your feet with me? I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna worship. Father, I thank you for today. It's been so good. God, we're thankful that we can celebrate and worship a beautiful and powerful name, the name of Jesus. So God, as we lift up our hands, as we open up our mouths and lift up our hearts to you, God, I pray that you would inhabit the praises of your people. We love you in Jesus' name. Let's worship God together.